Welcome back to This Is Gross with the heavily bearded Mike Rimmers. All right, so what we got going on? Um, it's just, big. Yeah. Yeah, they just, uh, I don't know. I just decided to grow it out. Last year, uh, you know, I kind of started growing it out. And, mm, yeah, you know, that, that was the most that was Don't the most let your successful. wife see that. That's Kelly, don't look. That's a rugged-looking thing right there. <laughs> All right, so yeah, last year you like- decided to grow Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, at Bobby Skinner NFL. I'm here with Danny King, at Danny King NFL. And then I know it's not Mother's Day anymore, but I still want to wish a happy Mother's Day to LaShawn McCoy. Danny, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, yes, at first I didn't understand that reference, and then once you told me, I was like, oh, wow, now I understand that reference. It took me a few minutes, but I like that reference. But I'm doing good. And uh, it was a fun little start to Giants weekend uh, to end the week yesterday. Yeah, we're going to talk heavy Mike Rimmers in the show and the dude mailbag. But, yeah, uh, it was just it's always fun to remember. Like, hey, remember OCU Menor when he used to troll Alshon McCoy and wish him Happy Mother's Day? Those were some good times. And I don't ever feel bad for Alshon McCoy because supposedly – actually, I'm not going to bring that up because allegedly. All right, Mike Rimmers, it's finally done. We and you, we've talked about how this was the most assumed move of all time. Like, we just, we banked on it happening, and it happened. And I think Giants Nation was excited about it, and we still are. Uh, obviously, that kind of cooled down the day after. But for me, this is a no-lose situation. Even if the guy gets hurt, like, there's, like, you're really, there's no risk involved with this. Um, he's been a solid right tackle. He hasn't been a world beater, but he has been pretty good at tackle. At guard, he was actually pretty horrible. Um, you know, he's battled with injuries. So it's not like Mike Rammers comes in and, like, now we have a top-five offensive line. It just gives us a solid piece. It allows Chad Wheeler to develop and become a swing tackle. Um, and if Chad Wheeler was bad this year, it doesn't force Big George to step in right away. So I just – I think this is a, a, a no, no a no-brainer decision for Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer. Uh, you bring in Mike Remmers, who's familiar with with Pat Shermer, and you let him compete with Chad Wheeler for that right tackle spot. No, it makes perfect sense. And plus, also, Mike Remmers had some uh, experience with uh, Dave Gellman when they were in Carolina together. Mm-hmm. But no, no, it just makes the most sense in the world because it's a one-year deal. I don't expect Mike Remmers to be here past this year, but cause for good reason because we have uh, Big George waiting in the wings. He could be something. Chad Wheeler may improve to show that he could be a starter right tackle. And if you look at the free agent market next year, the Titans didn't ex- ex- put the fifth-year option with uh, Jack Conklin. So he could be an option at right tackle because the Giants will have a good amount of cap space depending on what they do with it. So there's many options for the Giants to fill that right tackle hole. Mike Remmers is just, I believe, a one-year option. And it's a proven year for him because he has to prove that he can still play because he struggled, as you said, at right guard. He's not the best right tackle, but he hasn't proved that he could be a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Solid. Just solid right tackle, thank you. So – I think it's a good sign. It, it solidifies the Giants' offensive line. And as you said, it's probably one of our better offensive lines in recent memory at the moment. So I'd like to sign in. Uh, no, yeah, I, I just think it was a great sign-in all around. Yeah, and I I think it's actually the best line since, you know, that Super Bowl team of, you know, Deal, McKenzie, O'Hara, Snee, and then, uh, you know, Booth and, and, and Soybert. Uh, now, it's a, it's a decent drop-off from there. But I think it it is the most solid line we've had in a while. But here's how, like, one, 
if he can like if we are a team that can compete this year, and I know that gets on people's nerves when you say that, but like it's the NFL, things happen. Uh, it gives us you know a solid offensive line. Uh, Saquon was great last year with a horrible offensive line. Uh, we let up 47 sacks last year, which was I think I I, I think the numbers were 22, uh, 20, uh, 16, 37, or like 30 something in uh, 2018, and then 47 last year. I mean that's just that's three sacks a game. You just can't you can't have that happen. So I like it, and, and the fact that you plug Mike Remmers in, and he's been he's better than what we've had at right tackle. And as like a future standpoint, one it allowed us to draft other positions in the early rounds instead of tackle. Um, although you know, if Jonah Williams would have fallen to seventeen, like I would have been extremely disappointed if he didn't get him. But at the end of the day, he didn't fall there. Allowed us to draft other positions. Um, as far as Chad Wheeler. Like Chad Wheeler might be like the most beloved bad player, and and uh, because he wasn't Eric Flowers, but like I was actually excited to see what he can do this year. But nonetheless, now he can compete, and if he's starting week one, it's knows because it's, we know it's because he won a job out over Mike Remmers, who in a sense has kind of the leg. Like we're all assuming he is the starting right tackle uh, going into camp. I I I think we all assume that he will take that first rep with the first team. So yeah. if Chad Wheeler, imp- like if an offensive line is a position where you can't improve. So it allows Chad Wheeler to improve. And then as far as big George is, um, listen, I love big George, but we all have the tendency to hype up our late round picks. and be Like, Ooh, maybe this guy is a steal, but at the end of the day, he is a seventh round tackle. Now I've watched, you know, him against Montez sweat. And I, I liked what I saw. And I watched a couple of his other games and, like against Florida, where he just dominated. So there's like there's definitely some exciting things about Big George because he played really well in the SEC against NFL defensive ends. Uh, so I believe Big George could develop, but if is if uh, Chad Wheeler was bad this year, it doesn't force us to put Big George in there when he's not ready, and it just it just gives us options. And then if Big George isn't the guy and he doesn't develop, we can draft a t- it, you know it saves us one more year. We could draft a tackle next year. So yeah, I, I just like like we said, I think there's no losing in this in this signing. No, yeah, you're right because uh, as you said, uh, this was the most expected signing in the history of ever, really, right now. And it because I watched an interview of Hal Hunter where he said Chad Wheeler is our number one starter right tackle. This was before Mike Remmer signed, and I was like, yeah, just until Mike Remmer signed, and then once Mike Remmer signs, like, all right, he's gonna be the starter right tackle. But as you said, if Chad Wheeler somehow is our week one starter right tackle barring like Mike Remmers gets injured it proves that Chad Wheeler has improved that much that he earned the starting right tackle job because I have faith in Wheeler I believe he he will put in the work to try and be the starter right tackle and I think he could benefit from having Mike Remmers there because he could just learn some of the things he's messing up on and I just like that um Mike Remmers will be plugged in against a solid right guard as well and Kevin Zeigler I'm just a fan of this offensive line, the way it turned out. I think Dave Gellman did a, a great job rebuilding the offensive line from what it was. Obviously, we're not talking like it's like a top-tier NFL offensive line. It's a good offensive line, and it's an offensive line that should get it done. But, some, yeah, as you said, Saquon Barkley, behind a terrible offensive line last year, he made them look like geniuses. And Eli should also be very happy because he shouldn't be self-sacking himself every two plays. Because now he'll have time to read the routes, read what the defense is doing, and make some good throws. So I'm happy to see how this also affects Eli Manning because he shouldn't really have 
uh, no excuses to not go out there and perform on Sundays. Yeah, I, I actually want – that's a good point, and I want to talk about Eli for a second with this. Um, it's going to be a better offensive line than last year, no doubt. Kevin Zeitler is an improvement. Uh, hopefully, Jalapio can stay healthy. He's not a world-beater, but he's good. Hernandez is a year better. Solder really improved as the season went along. And Remmers is Remmers, and I think he'll benefit uh, with having Zeitler uh, uh, next to him. But, yeah, Eli, like, if he doesn't perform this year, it's there's just no excuses for it. Because, one, he has an offensive line that is decent in front of him. And you can't just – you can't, like, say, oh, well, it's not the best offensive line. Well, you know, there's only one best offensive line in the, in the NFL. So, you, like, you can't have the best at everything. Um, and with Daniel Jones breathing down his neck, it puts a lot more pressure on him to not self-sack himself because he knows that if things don't go well uh, and it's week eight and we're two and five or three and four, that the Giants very well may pull that trigger and pit Daniel Jones. And so I think it's going to put a, a fire a fire under Eli Manning and – yeah, like you said, like Eli Manning, he has to perform this year. Um, and it's, you know, it's crazy. And to kind of get off track a little bit, I've been so like, in, like deep diving into Daniel Jones that it's like, man, you forget like our franchise QB, our two times Super Bowl champion, like all of our fair players, like still on the roster and still the starting <laughs> QB, you know? No, yeah, it's crazy because it's just the same that Eli has had this job for so long and really has had no competition until this year. His biggest like last year he had to hold off Loletta and Alex Tanney. The year before that he he lost his job to Geno Smith, but that wasn't his fault. That was just Ben McAdoo being Ben McAdoo. And like yeah, he had like what Ryan Nassib as another year to hold him off. So like Eli now has real competition and I think this should really bring out the best in Eli because he knows that at this point, the Giants have its replacement, and they will not be afraid to put him in. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so we got Remmers, Zeitler, Jalapio, Hernandez, and Solder. I think uh, Pulley is pretty much as, uh, slated to have a spot. Big George, I would say, is slated to have a spot because we, you know, we don't want to lose him on waivers. Uh, oh, let's say O'Hagan makes the, the other spot. Now, let's say they only carry nine offensive linemen, and Paul Adams. Now, he could very well be on our practice squad and stay on our practice squad. But, like, I kind of like Paul Adams. I think he's kind of like a, a like a big mauler. Uh, and he played pretty decent at Missouri. But just for the sake of conversation, one of them has to get cut. Chad Wheeler, Paul Adams, who do you cut? And I put this out for a poll, and 53% said Wheeler and 47 Adams. Uh, that, 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 that's a good question. I believe Wheeler probably... I think the the because I, I watched tape of Paul Adams and yes he's a quality right tackle. I think if they do take anyone, they'll cut Paul Adams, but they'll put him onto the practice squad because Wheeler already has the feel for this offense. And say Mike Remmers goes down, they can plug in Wheeler. He already knows this offense well, so I'm gonna say Chad Wheeler. But I expect them to maybe move Paul, try and get Paul Adams to re-sign with the practice squad. That would be my guess, if anything, just because Wheeler knows the offense, and unless Remmers go down, they could just plug him in at right tackle. I, I agree, but let's say that they know that if they don't pit Paul Adams on the 53, that the Titans are going to claim him off waivers. What about then? Then, uh, then I guess you have to keep Paul Adams at that point because Paul Adams is a quality right tackle. And at that point, yeah, if, if you know he's not going to re-sign with the practice squad or sign with the practice squad – I think at that point, you probably have to 
keep Paul as because he's probably a more solidified option once he gets comfortable and once he develops into what we believe he could be. Then yeah, you got to keep Paul Adams at that point. I tell you what, man, that's a that's a tough one, and we saw it in the in the voting in the poll, you know, fifty three forty seven, and they agreed with you, but. I feel like I got to stay with Wheeler because, you know, he has started games. He knows this offense. Uh, he should, you know, he's a year better. And I'm, I'm trying not to get sucked into the, like, the shiny new toy. Like, at the end of the day, Paul Adams is an undrafted free agent. Although some people think he was the best tackle as an undrafted free agent. Uh, I've seen that out there um, by a few people. So, yeah, uh, I think it'd be a really hard decision. But I think I'd probably go with Wheeler. Um so, yeah, Mike Remmers is finally on the team. May 11th is now officially Mike Remmers' day, Danny. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's just been expected at this point because, like, he had back surgery and that just held it off. It was more like, all right, when is he going to sign with the Giants? It was, was it the suspense? And, like, even, like, the guy, his agents and neighbors were asking, like, all right, when's Mike Remmers signing with the Giants? So, at least finally we know that May 11th was finally crowned Mike Remmers' day. And hopefully that day will go down to infamy and he will help lead this team to a Super Bowl being a right tackle. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's move on a little bit. Um, let's do a few little uh, housekeeping things before we go into uh, mailbag. Oh, wait, you, might, you mind if I have one more thing? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Mike Remmer's, no, actually, no, we're moving on. <laughs> no, uh, Mike, Mike Remmer's contract was $2.5 million. He gets $1 million fully guaranteed and another half a million dollars available that he could bring in to, you know, a half million, another half million dollars is available that could bring it up to a max of 4 million with play time incentive. So that's Mike Grimmer's contract details. All right. Sounds good. Nice and cheap. That's the way we like them. All right. Uh, some housekeeping stuff. Well, not even just some, a few more conversational topics. So I put out these stats on Friday night and I didn't put any opinion with them. I just wanted to put the stats out. And I wanted to see the reaction. And Danny, I got the exact reaction I wanted. So let's just look at it real quick. Daniel Jones versus Justin Herbert's stats last year. Daniel Jones had 11 games. Justin Herbert had 13 games. Daniel Jones, 60.5 completion percentage. Justin Herbert, 59.4. Daniel Jones, 26.74 for yards. Justin Herbert, 31.51. Essentially the same per game. Daniel Jones, 22 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Justin Herbert, 29 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. So less picks with more games, uh, and then 7 more touchdowns. Um, now, remember, Daniel Jones missed the Baylor game with their horrible defense. And, like, they're, they're you know, that the one game a year where teams play against the 1AA teams. Um, so, essentially, like, Daniel Jones left, like, 3, 4, 5 touchdowns on the board there. So I just put the stats up to see, like, what would people's reactions be. And... People are like, oh, bull crap, dude. We're not doing this. <laughs> it's like, I all I did was just put the stats up. Didn't give any opinion with it. And people were literally were making people that were mocking us or, and like people that like like Jones for like, like, listen, like they ran the ball a lot. Uh, they didn't really open up the passing game. Uh, lots of drop passes. Um, you know, receivers were very good. And like people were saying that about Justin Herbert. It's like, yeah, dude, that's what we've been saying about Daniel Jones. You have to watch the tape. And it's like, I'm not even knocking Justin Herbert. Like, yes, Justin Herbert has a rocket arm. But like, I just think people are just so in love with rocket arms. Like, do we think Josh Allen's going to be a good quarterback because his arm's strong? I mean, listen, I used to be like this. I thought Ryan Mallett was going to be a really good quarterback. <laughs> and not, it's, it's, he's not going to be a really good quarterback. 
Unless you just put them in that right situation. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's just funny to hear people making the the same argument that they were mocking about a week ago. No, yeah, it, it, I, it, Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones, they're both quality quarterbacks, and I'll still stick to my guns. If Justin Herbert was in this year's draft, he would be the Giants quarterback. I'm still saying it. I'm not going to let that one go. But, uh, yeah, it's Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert was in a better situation in Oregon. Yes, there's offensive line problems at times, but still, he had quality players. Daniel Jones had no one, and Daniel Jones was injured, so that kind of hurt his touchdowns. And he could have gotten higher touchdown rates. And, yes, he had interceptions because we've seen some of his wide receivers not being able to do anything, and it just falls into the defender's hands. And Daniel Jones makes some bad passes. Once again, Justin Herbert makes bad passes. Most normal quarterbacks make bad passes. It, you, you, you wanted People just want to get mad at Daniel Jones. And when you put him against a guy like Justin Herbert, who many people loved and who many people thought would have been the first quarterback off the board. Like I'm saying that now, saying that Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray still probably would have been the first one off the board. But Justin Herbert, once again, a quality quarterback. Uh, he he took a risk by staying in Oregon one more year. But once again, I don't care about his risk anymore because he's not going to be our quarterback unless something crazy happens. So Justin Herbert, he I, I like Justin Herbert, but Daniel Jones, he's my guy. I love Daniel Jones. I just, I just, I was having a lot of fun Friday because Friday I finally like, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna get mad about this stuff anymore. I'm just gonna laugh at it, and that's literally what I did when people said something. I just been, I just made a joke, and uh, so yeah, and and I had a lot of fun too with, you know, how we talked about the whole Daniel Jones the Dimes, people calling it a laughing stock and, and yeah. like an embarrassment. Um, only every other team that drafted a quarterback did the exact same thing, and yes, I did. Post every video with Dan, with Drew Locke, Daniel Haskins with the dimes. So yes, I I it's it's petty season for me. Um, let's see, was, was there anything else on Daniel Jones I want to talk about? No. Oh oh, just Justin Herbert. I watched the Washington game. It's the only game I watched. So I'm not going to judge him as a whole. I'm just not impressed. Not impressed with that Washington game. All right. I asked this question the other day, and I want your opinion on it, Danny. If you Subtract. I stole this from Windy City Gridiron. Um, shout out those guys. They do really good Bears coverage, even though no one listening right now is a Bears fan. Um, out of the 2018 rookies, minus Saquon, obviously, who do you see having the biggest year? And I, I mean, there's three guys who we all like. You know, there's three guys who were the answer: uh, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, and Will Hernandez. I mean, I think we all expect very big things out in the season. Uh, so who 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 do you expect the most out of this year out of those guys? Uh, obviously, it's got to be Kyle Laletta. I'm joking. Uh, Lorenzo Carter. Uh, I love Lorenzo Carter. I was in love with him towards the end of the year. The guy out of Georgia. He. I have so much faith in him, and just seeing what he did in some of those games, I feel like he has the potential. He has the gap in between the two. He's Michael Strahan right there. He has the gap in between the two front teeth. So Lorenzo Carter, I expect him to take the biggest jump this year just because from what I saw out of him in like the, the Dallas games or the Colts game, he fits James Betcher so well, and I feel like James Betcher is going to be using him a lot this year just because now he knows Lorenzo Carter has the it factor that can transform in defense. So I got to go Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Will Hernandez. I just – I need to spend more time looking at Lorenzo Carter because I really haven't. Uh, but Will Hernandez – I want to see him be a top five, like a top five guard. I want to see him at the Pro Bowl next year. And I think he's really capable. 
we had such high expectations for him. Um, he struggled out of the gate last year, but he really improved as the year went on. Uh, you know, pit him next to, you know, keep him next to Solder, have Halapio next to him, uh, Zadler on the other side. I just, I expect so much out of him. I, I think they're going to use him as a pull, as a, as a pulling guard a lot. I just think he's going to be a beast for this team. And teams, when they, like when the, when a Cardinals fan thinks about guards, I want it to be Zach Martin and Will Hernandez because I, I just really expect that much out of this kid. No, Will Hernandez was easily, in my opinion, one of the most improved players on the Giants last year. Seeing from when he went from starting week one to how he ended the season, he was a totally different player. He settled into that NFL speed of play. He figured out the offense. Him and A. Solder got that chemistry going. And he just became a dominant force on that offensive line. It was hard to get by him. And then some of the blocks he laid for Saquon Barkley. Will Hernandez is a phenomenal player. And he's good. I hope... He continues doing what he does, and hopefully he's part of the culture that helps us bring us back to world championship level competition. Definitely. All right, before we go to the mailbag, uh, we made a signing. Who who was it, Danny? Free, freedom. Freedom. Akin Muldoon. Freedom Akin Muldoon. Uh, yeah, that's his name right there. I can't say his name, and he's an undrafted free agent out of Nebraska. Uh, he had a tryout at rookie minicamp, so uh, once again, I haven't heard much about him. I haven't looked up much about him, but the Giants like him, so I liked him. And they also signed John Jenkins, re-signed John Jenkins. He was basically on the practice squad and injured. I read he only had like 5% of snaps last year, so there was that. Yep, and then Colin uh, Con- Connolly and Slayton. Got their rookie deals done. Um, I actually cheated on the Freedom guy. I went and looked up some stuff, and it's pronounced Freedom uh, Akin Mula Dune. Akin Mula, like money, Dune. I even have, like, all the O's in the middle. Freedom Akin Mula Dune. Did, and actually, you know, Freedom is kind of an interesting first name. Um, he was named that because his last name, uh, Akin Mula Dune, uh, in, uh, in, Zab- in Zimbabwean, it actually means um, uh, fighting for suffrage. So, so, I mean, you come on the show and you just got a history lesson, people. You just learned that Muladun means fighting for suffrage. You love so it. So, freedom, freedom fighter for suffrage. And he's going to be fighting for a. That's not true, Danny. Don't say anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trapped. I'm leaving. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> You're about to ready to say our guy fights for suffrage to suppress women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's not true. Uh, all right, let's let's go into the mailbag before that. Uh, a quick ad that Anchor makes us do, and if we don't do it, they put it at the end automatically. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. 
All right, thanks from the so- for the song, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mailbag. All right, our first question comes from Rid Did Rid Did Do. Hopefully, I said. Oh, I know him. He's he's a good. He followed. Yeah. He's been following since so many years. Rid Did Do. My my apologies. Uh, he has a question that uh, he says. Saw you say that at Giants Insider doesn't like you. Can you explain? Love both of your shows. Best two Giants podcast. One, thank you. And two, I'm, for, I'm gonna put put my side of the story first. I have no idea why they don't like. Uh, me at the moment, I I looked on their Twitter page and I was blocked. I, I literally had no interactions with any of those guys, so I'm assuming it's because of Bobby. Once they knew we were doing a podcast together, so I'll send this question over to Bobby because he will have the true answer. Yeah, before I I explain why, I actually want to say, and I'm glad uh, that this guy brought this up because I've actually been wanting to talk about it. Uh, I actually think they run a good show. I've I've listened to their last four or five episodes and I think they're good. I love like their buffoon of the week. I think that's funny. Uh, in fact, they got into it with that Kyle Krabs guy, the guy who like made the original joke on the Daniel Jones video. Um, so yeah, like I think they're funny. I they're like I think we're actually pretty similar, but the difference is is like they're kind of old heads, which I like. Um, but basically, what happened was is after the Giants started off the season at home, zero and two at home, uh, they like said a tweet about. Like, the, there's no home field advantage because of the acoustics and there's too much gray in the new stadium. And I made a joke like, yeah, that's that's the reason why the Giants are 0-2 at home. Uh, it's because, because it's too gray. And, like, they replied and then I replied and it became like a, like a kind of a shouting match. And, uh, you know, you guys know me. Like, I could be ruthless. And especially, like, with this, I try to be a little more professional. But, like, Simple Man Radio, man, I, I used to let it go. Like, I, I would just go at anybody <laughs> over, like, the silliest thing. And I would make, like, something out of it. Um, and then so, like, he did the, like, parentheses Chris in his tweets. And I would, would make fun of that. Uh, so, basically, that's why. And, like, I would just, like, like and I will say, like, a few of our more loyal followers, like, after I did that, went, some Simple Man Radio went and, like we're like harass not harassing but like trolling them like like hey like how come the stadium's too gray um so they block like every single person i've ever interacted with um now like it was i think it was kind of silly on their part because they didn't say it was the stadium's reason but it was also like all right like it was was a dumb joke on mine um but i actually liked them in fact i'd like to have a conversation with them not even on the show but i like i've noticed like they tag like talking giants and them and a lot of posts, because I, I think a lot of our, li- our both our listeners are the same. In fact, I've I've made a point over the past few weeks to listen to every Giants podcast, and I think besides ours, theirs is actually the best. And I, I you're not supposed to really plug other people's podcasts, especially competitions. But I like them. In fact, I, so I would actually love to have a conversation with uh, Chris and Jerry um, to talk about because one, I think it's it's a silly thing. And then, you know, once you get, you know, block, it's kind of out of your mind. But, yeah, and so now that we're actually – I'm actually doing, like, full-time Giants stuff, I'd love to have a conversation with them. In fact, I even have them on the show. They can name me Buffoon of the Week because, you know what, I kind of am of a buffoon. But, yeah, I, I, I actually like them. Um, and it kind of stinks that, like, over something stupid that, like, like they blocked every single person. Like, as soon as we, like, started this podcast, it was blocked by them. So, yeah, um, in fact – if you're a fan of both, like, 
like send some tweets at them. Like, hey, like the talking giants guys were talking about you. They actually uh like pretty just say just tell them what I said, basically. Um I'd actually would appreciate that because we have no way of contacting them because we are all blocked. Um so yeah, something's kind of silly and dumb. No, yeah. Um, for podcasting, one qu- quick question: you d- you don't like Jordan Raynan's Breaking Blue podcast? You don't like that one? I actually, oh, I haven't. Said, what I meant is I've listened to like every one of the like, no, yeah, non-beat reporters. Is it bad? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. The transitions are terrible. It's just awful. I, I listened to Patricia Trainers. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't. I actually thought hers was pretty decent. She's they they do uh, like a bunch of ads in those ones. Um, I listened to more of like the non like. Like I know Patricia Trainer does one, Jordan Rainham does one. Um trying to think of who like who else on the beat does one. I think uh, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder does one, Big Blue Banter. I like that one. I hate talking saying Dan Snyder because every time when I listen back to the show, I'm like, did I just like talk about the Redskins owner? But no, it's Dan Snyder, S <laughs> E H N E I D E R. He does a good one. I listen to a couple other ones. I like Dan Snyder's, but I, I do like John Insider better. And then I won't name the ones I won't like because that's just that's just rude. And that's how I'm in this situation with John Insider. So yeah, tweet at John Insider and tell him that Bobby Bobby wants to to talk. We want to do a talk because I I think we are very similar, but we're just kind of different styles. We're they're old heads, and we're kind of like you know the young bucks, like new school. But I think it like I think we actually are as similar as it, as it gets. We're not. We're not like negative Nancy's like a lot of other people can be. So, yeah, I, that is the story with me and Giant Insider. Uh, the next question comes from Coach TBCNYC. He asked, can DeAndre, can DeAndre Baker possibly turn out a first-year pro, pro Bowl type of year if he can continue his ball hawk blanket coverage ways he showed at Georgia in Betcher's defense? I believe he could. Maybe not Pro Bowl, but I, if he, I believe he could be – on the all-rookie team, and many people have predicted that. The only reason why I don't say Pro Bowl is because how many fans are going to be looking on their list and be like, oh, DeAndre Baker. They're going to be voting for, like, a Patrick Peterson-type player, Richard Sherman-type player, so even though the, Richard Sherman's in a different division. But I believe uh, he'll probably be an all-rookie player. Pro Bowl, it just depends on if the fans recognize the name DeAndre Baker. He'll make them known to the teams we play when he intercepts every quarterback. But I believe he'll be the all-rookie player. Pro Bowl, I would love to see him in the Pro Bowl, though. I think there's a good chance of that because, I mean, I love this guy. I think he's real deal. And, like, he has very good cover skills. Now, and teams like to test rookie corners. So he's going to get thrown at. It's not like he's going to be, you know, Richard Sherman after the Super Bowl where teams just didn't throw at him. So he's going to get his uh, his chance at interceptions. And we've seen guys like Marshawn Lattimore uh, for the Saints, win defense of the year at uh, corner and make the Pro Bowl. So, yeah, I think he's going to be tested. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely could see that happen. I don't want to – I'm not going to say I'm expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised by it. All right. Uh, the next question comes from Krill Nathaniel. He asks, Big George win the starting job? I'm assuming he's asking for the right tackle job. Uh, we we both are on the same page that we don't expect him to win the right, starter right tackle job, but maybe down the road, maybe he'll earn that right tackle job. Yeah, bet for it would be. I don't think it'd be good if Big George plays this year, um, just because he's a seventh round pick. Uh, he like he's good, but like he does let guys get into his chest, and you don't want to see a guy kind of get like thrown around in his rookie year. Let him develop. Let him get a full year, like you know, sense a redshirt year. 
Um, now we have Wheeler as that swing tackle. So yeah, I, I don't. I hope George Big George doesn't play this year. Uh, that would mean we're pretty healthy too. So yeah, hopefully Big George doesn't play this year. Yeah, he just needs time to develop. And unless he he's has, just an absolute beast, then yeah, yeah, by all means play the kid. Yeah, if he's dominating in preseason and training camp, you got to start him. The next question comes from Scucci, another guy who always loves to ask questions. And you guys have the same hat as well, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I've been wearing it a little bit. It's a little tight because I got like this huge head of hair and a big head. But yeah, I've been wearing it all weekend. Uh, he said, obviously, thoughts on the O-line now that they possibly had the five correct bodies. Also, Remmer's playing a prove-it deal. You think he'll be the right guy at right tackle. Obviously, we already talked about the offensive line. We'll just... Uh, I believe they got the five right guys to get it done. And, yes, Mike Remmers is also on a prove-it-year deal. I believe he will prove his worth. He'll prove himself out of for the Giants next year. But he'll prove his worth. He'll show he's still, he'll show he's a quality right tackle. And, yes, at the moment, I believe he's the right guy at right tackle just because he knows Pat Shermer so well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we talked about him again on the show. I, definitely the right move. Uh, the next question comes from... At Mickey underscore Meyer, he asks, how short do you think the leash on Gettleman is? I'm going to send this one to you just so because I have time to think. This is a good question because we all kind of tie it to Daniel Jones. Uh, now, if we have a, if we don't have a good year, but it's kind of like a quietly good year, he's back. But if we have chaos in the locker room this year, which I don't think any of us expect because I do believe there has been a culture change. And yes, Odell Beckham Jr. has been a part of that. Then no. But if, if we're getting headlines out, like, you know, with McAdoo that final year, um, and then last year, like with the Odell, like if we have stuff like that, then I can see him being out. But the Giants are a patient organization, whether you like it or not. Um, I tend to like it because, you know, how many times have guys been fired after two years and they go and are successful somewhere else? Um, Hey, listen, remember last time a Browns coach got fired and then got another head coaching job? Bill Belichick. Pat Turner, let's follow that suit. No, but seriously, I, <laughs> I, I, I think he's definitely around uh, for 2020 as well. Um, and I, I believe he will be tied to Daniel Jones unless there is internal chaos. But besides that, I think he's essentially pretty safe and he's tied to uh, DJ. No, I, I believe he has put all his – uh, money on. I forgot to speak English there. Uh, he put all his cards on Daniel Jones. That's who he's betting his, basically, I would say career on his tenure with the Giants on. Because if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, then Dave Gellman just looks not so very good unless they win a Super Bowl. Obviously, I feel like maybe Pat Shermer could be on a shorter leash because I feel like Dave Gellman would at least have time to keep his job. Pat Sherman will be the one to go, if anything. I don't want Pat Sherman to go because I like him as a coach. I believe I, I believe in his offense, and I believe that he can be a solid coach. But, I, yeah, I don't believe Dave Gellman will be gone next year. I believe he will be around for the 2020 season, whether people like it or not. And I think many people will not like that because everyone hates him. Uh, I, just, I just singed my knuckle hairs. <laughs> I, I'm a very fidgety person. So, like, when I'm recording, I like to have, like, a ball in my hand or, like, okay, so I have candles in my room, so I have a lighter in front of me, and I, I always bring two water balls when I record. Uh, that way my voice doesn't sound like that, as, which has happened before. And so I'm, like, just kind of, like, playing it, lighting the lighter and, like, putting it by the cap, like, the, the rim of the water bottle now that it's empty. 
and it just lit the whole thing and, and singed my knuckle here. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> just a little behind the scenes. All right, sorry about that. No, no problem. And uh, I believe this is the final question. Let me just confirm that. I believe it is. Comes from N- Niku RN60. She is a season ticket holder. Uh, she said, does anyone find themselves thinking about what will it be like this coming season without OBJ on the team? I know he had his issue, but gosh, he was exciting to watch. Uh, yes, Odell was extremely excited to watch. He made Sundays much more fun when we were struggling. And, like, when he was out for 2017, I was like, man, I can't look forward to, like, an amazing catch because Odell's not here. That's basically what I was riding on. It's going to be different without Odell because if you ever been to MetLife Stadium and you look at the Giants' sideline, he's running up and down the sideline, hyping up the fans. Everyone's getting excited. So we got to find the guy to do that. He just brought in energy to MetLife Stadium, and it was really fun to watch and just be there around Odell Beckham Jr. I was in the end zone one time when he came running up, and it was just, like, hyping everyone up. It, it, it's just fun. I love Odell, and i still going to have feelings towards him in Cleveland. It's going to suck to see him there, but I'm going to have to get over it. But, yes, it will be very different without Odell come Sunday. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I've made it very clear where I stand on Odell, and I don't want to. I don't feel like going back and opening that up. But yeah, he's he's a great player. He's an ele- electrifying player. I mean, I went to the the Monday Night Football game in Miami a few years ago, uh, where he had that that play where uh, he you know he drags his toes in the sideline, um, and I think that's very memorable. And he like took a slant for you know seventy yards, which is kind of like his signature play. So yeah, an electric player, but. Yeah, I think once football starts, I won't be thinking too much about Odell. No, I, I don't expect to be thinking too much about Odell unless when on my Twitter timeline he makes a one-handed catch in SportsCenter, ESPN, NFL. Literally everyone's like, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. And he's got the salty giant fans that are like, hmm, this is the guy Dave Gellman traded. So I'll be looking forward to that when the season starts. But I believe that concludes this week's mailbag. Yes, All right. Does. All right, so – we are going to start working on getting some interviews, player interviews, media interviews. Um, let us know what day you'd rather us have that on. Because I know doing a show on Friday, like, it, like you know, a show on Tuesday gives you Wednesday and Thursday to listen to. And especially, like, this time of year where, you know, it's time, like, news is slow. So you're not, like, like yearning to hear what, what just happened. Um, so let us know if you'd rather do our interviews on Tuesday or Friday. I'm thinking Friday. But I, I already have one player who agreed to uh, an interview um, and then a couple of media guys. So, yeah, just let me know. Uh, let us know. And then, hey, shout out to Giant Insider. Tell you, reach out to them. Let them know. Um, so, yeah, that's the show. Um, and we will see you guys on Friday, maybe with an interview. Maybe we'll keep this week the same. We'll see what happens. But listen, fellas and fellow and girls, I don't know what I don't know what the female version of fellas. Let's go big blue.